0: We have this right here. Just checking our our next guest here. I mean, it, it, they set the right thing up. Our next guest, apparently, and just reading some from his bio here, his personal journey starts as a an eco-radical activist back in the 1970s. What? It's involved with things like the Sierra Club and what? He's actually going to be speaking here locally this evening or actually no 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 hold on hold on i have that wrong too at noon 12 noon to 3 p.m gotta get that time right folks this is out at rome grange uh rome grange hall out there on uh, mount baker highway 2821 mount baker highway to be specific it is today from 12 noon to 3 p.m the event here so i i guess my notes are right but uh, somebody who at least was once uh, once described themselves as an eco-radical activist isn't kind of usually our bent here on the Farming Show. Welcome back, by the way. Dylan Honkoop with you here on the Farming Show. KGMI News Talk 790. Glad to have you here on a Saturday morning and glad to be able to tell you about this really cool event going on. Now, th- this event's being put on by CAPER. The Citizens Alliance for Property Rights. Remember when they came together back several years ago? I think we even had some stuff uh, on the air live from one of their events, or I know I went out and covered it, uh, that big first meeting uh, out at Meridian High School and and the things that they've done since, talking about property rights issues. And of course, that often, I mean, it's related to a lot of different things, but it certainly is uh, related to farming oftentimes. So why is the Citizens Alliance for Property Rights bringing out somebody who used to describe themselves as an eco? radical activists that sounds like uh you know diametrically opposed kind of stuff here well it's not and we want to hear about this gentleman's journey Uh, by by the way i want to say thank you before we continue i want to say thanks to uh uh oil company as well as laurel farm and western supply and farmers equipment company they are our faithful Loyal sponsors here on the program, making it possible to talk about farming issues important to Whatcom and Skagit County and the Pacific Northwest every Saturday morning here on The Farming Show. I want to welcome to the program now author, and uh, got, he's a, he describes himself now as a conservative environmentalist. Well, I can hear the, the folks on the left scoffing at that. <laughs> <laughs> That's an oxymoron conservative conservatives aren't environmentalists well we talk to a few farmers here in whatcom county who are conservatives and environmentalists together real environmental leaders here in our community so is dan daggett his latest book gardeners of eden it's called rediscovering our importance to nature dan welcome to the show and so explain this how were you once an eco-radical activist now you still describe yourself as an environmentalist, but a conservative environmentalist. What was the journey there?
1: Well, absolutely, a conservative, well, it started out, as, as I say, an eco-radical back in Ohio, you know, we found out, actually we had a little farm back there, a little 40 acres, and we found out that our back fence was going to be uh, the front fence of a, a series of strip mines, they were going to reopen a uh, strip mine for coal. In Athens County, and we formed a bunch of folks, uh, a group called Save Our Rural Environment, and went on. And, uh, you know, we were helped by the fact that the coal these guys were going to remove was uh, high-sulfur coal. And uh, Mm -hmm. because it was so high-sulfur, there wasn't much demand for it. And we ended up sort of winning by default in that. But it was uh, enough to convince us it was time to move to the West. We wanted to come out here and enjoy the open country, and do it. we had a few cold, cold winters back in Ohio, back in the year, around 73, 4, and 5, and we'd started cross-country skiing, and then all of a sudden it warmed <laughs> up again. So we headed for Flagstaff, uh, well, we headed for Prescott, but ended up in Flagstaff, Arizona, moved out there, and, and uh, all of us got there, and lo and behold, all those environmental issues that were already waiting for us, and we were having to, get, we joined the Sierra Club, and, uh, we decided we weren't going to do any environmental issues. But we went to the county fair, and there was an environmental booth, and the next thing I knew, I was the outings chair for the local Sierra Club group because I figured that's one way to get to know the countryside. So we started having Sierra Club meetings at our house, and one uh, one of those meetings, uh, a lady came and said, well, she had a friend that was needing some help because what this friend was going to do was going to start a new environmental group and going to call it Earth First First. And it was going to be an environmental group that was so far to the left. It would move the the entire environmental debate to the left so that the middle would be on the left. And uh, she needed volunteers to help put together a plastic crack to roll down the front of Glen Canyon Dam to represent getting rid of the dam. And so, uh, you know, that way I ended up uh, getting involved in Earth First. And one of our uh, next campaigns was Cattle Free in 93. And so we were going to make the West cattle-free in 93, and uh, we had a friend who was uh, trying to introduce, reintroduce wolves into the Southwest at that time, and she thought, "Uh uh-oh, this is beginning to sound like a big fight. It's going to be such a big fight. It's going to get the ranchers all united against the cattle-free, and then when they're united, they'll be united against wolves too. So she called a friend of hers in the ranching community who was a a conflict resolution specialist. yeah. uh, you know, on a, uh, on her own, sort of learned it herself and in school and stuff, and said, why can't we have a meeting and get all these people together and soft fight? So they uh, sent out a whole bunch of uh, uh, invitations to people on both sides, on the ranch side, on the Enviro side, and ended up with six of us getting together, and we went to, a, you know, that means there was about 94 of us on either side. He didn't come to the meeting. They uh, <laughs> yeah. ate fur. So we got together down at this house down in the southern part of Phoenix, and with the conflict resolution specialist said, well, you know, what we're going to do here is we're going to figure out what we all want. So we'll see if we can work together to get what we all want. So you start telling me what, what do you want with regard to the environment, and I'll write it up here on this great big piece of paper. And so we all started saying things. Next thing I know, I'm an I'm an environmental radical, right? Right. And here's Francis over there that are saying the same thing. They're concerned about the same things that, that I'm. You know, native plants, lots of plants, green and growing, and all this stuff. No erosion. Uh, you know, uh, healthy gra- uh, grasslands, healthy ecosystems. They're saying things that I'm getting ready to say ahead of me. And you're thinking,
0: and as the eco radical, you're thinking, wait a second here, what's going on? Yeah.
1: Well, I want this they don't want that they're destroying that
0: yeah don't they so want to they destroy they want
1: the more? environment <laughs> yeah so yeah they want to use it they want to use it up so so we had that meeting you know and we go hell uh, well let, let's go look at some of these places let's go look yeah. at some of these ranches these guys are talking about and so we went out and we, uh, we went to a preserve uh, that was run by one of the main environmental groups and right next to it was a ranch by one of these ranchers it was being Managed in such a way to achieve the goal that we have been talking about and that we had, we shared with him. Back at this meeting, so we looked at the preserve, and we looked at this guy's ranch, and he was a, a, an aggressive and inventive and hard-working manager. His ranch was a whole lot better than the preserve. Wait a and second. It.
0: The m- managed ranch land? <gasps> Heaven forbid yeah. that these terrible ranchers who are raping and pillaging the earth actually were doing a better job of taking care of the environment than the quote-unquote preserve that was supposed to protect the environment?
1: Well, yeah, there was one thing that was interesting about the way it all happened, you know, when we were on the preserve, the head of the preserve came out and handed me, it was the, the Enviro guy there, uh, a, uh, who had called the meeting and said that we were going to be seeing this stuff because it actually, you know, I was saying what we were supposed to be seeing and he says this proves that's all a lie. Said this this is a preserve and it's in better shape than that ranch over there and somebody in the in the group said well hell we don't have to look at papers let's go look at the ranch yeah so we went and looked at both sides and it was pretty obvious whose place is in the better shape. And it
0: wasn't the preserve oh, that, that that's, that's yeah. so fast. It's interesting here. And we're talking with Dan Daggett right now. He's an author, again, a former eco radical activist, now a self-described conservative environmentalists. Uh, his most recent book, gardeners of Eden rediscovering our importance to nature. I want to talk about that more in just a minute. He is speaking this afternoon from noon to three at the Rome Grange out on Mount Baker highway, an event put on by the citizens Alliance for property rights. Very interesting on property rights issues and certainly for agriculture and environmental issues all rolled into one, it's going to be a really cool event. And uh, certainly you are invited to head out there to Rome Grange at noon today uh, to hear from Dan, meet him in person and, and hear his talk. But Dan, some of these issues that you were talking about from decades ago that you were dealing with in the Southwest, th- these are the exact battles that are still happening, at least for us here in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, right now with what's going on with the orcas and the salmon, it's breaching the dam we're hearing that um, that rallying call again you're talking about that you're, you're talking about reintroducing wolves that's another major conflict that's still going on here in Washington State you're talking about cattle and are cattle good for ecosystems or bad for ecosystems are cattle and cattle ranching is that good for the planet or bad for the planet and it sounds like your whole mo here is to, is to say hey wait a second uh, this assumption that anything human whatsoever it must be bad by definition definition maybe that's not right, and in fact, maybe something like grazing cattle can benefit ecosystems and can actually be better and, and good for the environment
1: well, you know the one thing that we were talking about is the, the ranchers are saying, well, wait a minute, yeah, this was used to be bison and stuff grazing all this stuff uh there's animals grazers and grasslands go together all over the planet, right. So, well, wait a minute, but does this really work? Is this really a synergistic kind of thing, a working together kind of thing? And we had some people who were part of our association, part of the folks that got together there. One guy was a guy who who decided to to really try this out. He found some of the most devastated land on the entire planet. It was a 300-foot-high pile of copper mine paling. Hmm. They had all been sterilized with various chemicals and stuff in order to leach out the copper, gold, and and etc. And they had been sprayed on this big pile. And they had tried in uh, all sorts of ways with uh, you know the standard you know machinery and. And, uh, uh, agricultural ways to restore it and have been, a uh, a failed. So what he did was he got permission from the mining company, a permission at first, but later turned into something bigger to put cows on it. He put seeds and he put hay and he put cows on it. And lo and behold, and I show a picture of that at my get, uh, get together here. And he covered the entire pile of sterile mine tailings with grass.
0: Wow, he brought it. He brought that ground back to life, essentially, with the involvement of cows.
1: Exactly. It was it was land, grass, and cows. Uh, land, grass, and grazing animals. It happened to be cows. It could have mm. been any one of a bunch of other things, as right. long as it's land, grass, and grazing animals. And he turned, He got the cycle. He revived the cycle. It was really kind of interesting. A friend of mine pointed out that, you know, you do this in, uh, for a while, then you let it rest, and then you do it for a while. He said, what we're doing is we're restoring a pulse to the land, grazing animals on, impacting the land, grazing animals off. The land growing, but, but but wait
0: Love. wait a second here, Dan. What we're told though by the quote unquote, I'm using air quotes here in the studio, we're told that that the by the environmentalists that animals are bad for the land. We're told that environment or, or uh, animal agriculture is killing. The environment. Uh, we're being told by activists that uh, cows are causing climate change, and, and they're the ones that are destroying, uh, destroying the planet. And and we need to go vegan. A lot of this is around vegans. And all. what do you say to these folks? Because you, what you're describing is exactly the opposite. What's your response to all this stuff?
1: Well, they can come with me next week. I'm going down to monitor as I do every year some areas that are examples of both of these things. One is an area in Arizona, near Prescott, Arizona, that was set aside in 1946 to show how effectively removing cattle for the land would restore it to natural health. <laughs> and there were a whole bunch of study plots put all over this area in order to measure that and confirm it and provide the scientific data to confirm that what that statement is. 1946. Well, what we'll be doing at it. We'll be looking at it next week. You can go out. The grass growing on the, the great majority of this is absolute zero. Mm. There is none. And all of the study plots that were put out, the stakes and the measuring devices and the things that you stretch the tape between and count the grass plants on uh, along the tape. Well, they've all been abandoned because you stretch the tape out and you can count the grass plants very easily. It's zero. <laughs> so then we,
0: Unbelievable. Then
1: we, well, we go outside and on a ranch that is being managed by a guy who is was a, 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 a fellow who is uh, conscious of this whole idea of of, of the pulse of grazing on, of grasslands. Of animals graze, move off. Animals graze, move off. Grass was well, you know, you mow the grass in your yard. Grass is made to grow up, then to be trimmed. And to then get the, you know sun back on the the growing part of it again, so it sends it up again. We go out and we stretch a tape there between the and you can't even see the ground. You can barely see the tape because it's so it it, it goes down into the grass plants and we can't count them because there's millions.
0: The name of the book, we're we're basically out of time here. Dan Daggett, uh, his most recent book, Gardeners of Eden, Rediscovering Our Importance to Nature, Um, kind of a philosophical statement even in that you might read it and say oh that sounds nice but you're saying our importance humans importance to nature what humans can be involved with nature and actually make it better uh, unlike a lot of the rhetoric that we hear nowadays which is the blight on the planet is humans if we'd all just go away if animal agriculture or all agriculture would just go away this planet would be a much healthier place you're saying that's not true you have the evidence to back it up and again you're speaking uh this afternoon well at noon uh from noon until three at rome grange out there on mount baker highway an event put on by the citizens alliance for property rights dan i wish i had a whole lot more time i wish i had the whole hour to chat with you but we are just flat out of time fascinating stuff. And uh, I certainly encourage people to come out to your event today. Thanks so much for checking in with us on the program here.
1: And thank you. Come on over and look at the photos.